Welcome to the Word on Women's Football Podcast, your platform dedicated to spreading the word of the wonderful world of women's football. Welcome to the Word on Women's Football Podcast. What a miserable weekend it has been for weather with lots of postponements happening. However, we are here now to talk about the fantastic game that we have, women's football. If you're finding us for the first time, welcome, welcome one and all. We are the Word on Women's Football podcast. We are the podcast dedicated to growing the women's game baby step at a time by bringing you a dedicated podcast every Monday, 52 weeks of the year, dedicated to all things women's football. You'll find expert analysis, all the latest breaking news, where we break down all the latest developments. You'll find exclusive interviews. You'll find club breakdowns when we go to visit teams and cover games within the women's tiers of football and a whole manner of other things you can find us on facebook by looking at finding the word on women's football podcast you can find us on twitter at ukwowf you can find us on instagram at word on women's football pod please get in touch with us there let us know you're listening let us know you're out there and please spread the pod to your friends. We like to think that if one person passes the pod on to another person, then we can grow this even further. So if we've got a pod growth rate of one to one, we're getting good. If we've got a pod growth rate of one to two, we're get we're getting better and better and better. I'm starting to ramble on a bit like Boris now, so we'll move on to this week's this week's pod. This week we're gonna have a look at the word of women's football in the latest news in the week that was we're going to look at the latest results from the fa cup semi-finals and the first round of qualifying we are going to look at the national league we're going to look at the wsl returning championship returning we'll have previews of the conti cup the wsl the championship national league and many other things enjoy the pod Hello, this week on the Word of Women's Football podcast, we're going to start with um, the uglier side of the game um, this week, um, which was really about online trolls. So not long after recording last week's pod, it's come to light that a number of clubs in the Welsh Premier League and the English National League, mainly Cardiff City and Derby County, were subject to abuse through their social media channels. Now, it appears that these comments on Twitter mainly in the Welsh leagues, have come after the Welsh Women's Premier League game was shown on S4C, which is, of course, a huge deal. Trading the aim is to try and grow the game across the UK. But during this, instead of praising the, the sport for what it actually is, keyboard warriors found it completely acceptable to belittle the players on the show. So some of the comments included, but not solely, were about the players' weight or their role, i.e. get back in the kitchen, but the question really has to be asked, what is being done about it? One warrior also found the time to criticise a player for missing an attempt on goal, which is, of course, completely human. Otherwise, we'd be having scores like basketball matches, which I'm sure we don't want to see. So if the boot was on the other foot, and we saw someone like a Ronaldo, a Messi, a Calvert-Lewin, for example, a Michel Antonio missing a chance in their respective games, or they've had a stinker even throughout the game, we, you stick by them and the society kind of tends to stick by them in general, um, which is what I thought would happen in the women's game, but until this week, really. We also need to have a look, really, at the way we behave, because we've got to take into consideration these players aren't being paid for the pleasure to play the game. Unlike the millions and millions of pounds players are being played, paid in other other leagues, mainly in the men's game, um, they play it because they love the game, like every single fan across the globe does. And does that really open them up for ridicule, vile comments? I certainly don't think it does. The Welsh FA have put in so much hard work developing the game within the country that, and by getting this game on TV, is a huge step in the right direction, and they've got to be applauded for it. Of course, putting the game on TV will open it up to a bigger audience. And unfortunately, these idiots, for want of a better phrase, will see it as their chance to get their time in the sun. But please, crawl back from under that rock you came from. 
I get that part of being a football fan is about sharing the banter with other fans, and it's all about a part of the match day experience. And we've all been there in a pub and slated players for their performance or the team in general. But but when it then gets personal about someone's appearance, their gender, their race, it takes it to a whole new level. And I get that we're not in the grounds at the moment, that we can't have that banter on the way. You can't have that banter with your mates going, oh, he's, he's rubbish, she's rubbish. You can't have that at the moment. You have to have it online. Or you have to have it on WhatsApp groups, phone calls, if you're lucky enough to go around the pub to watch the match with, some, with your six people, socially distance, of course, with your mask on. Then... Fair enough, but we haven't got that in the moment. But it still doesn't give people the right to slag people off for doing the thing that they love. And to be honest, if somebody offered me the chance to go and play for my team, I'd be there in a snap. People need to think about what they're doing, really. Now, we're not there, not one to talk about the men's game a lot on this podcast. However, I believe it's just, this is a story that is another example of how far our game's got to come as a whole. And honestly... It, this needs shouting from the rooftops. So on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, depending where you are in the world, news broke that San Diego Loyal had forfeited a game after leaving the pitch during an altercation. Later on, we found out the reason why he left the field of play is because a player from the opposing team, the Phoenix Rising, had used a homophobic slur against one of their players. The Loyal's play, Loyal players, that is. Now, the player abused in such a way was Colin Martin one of only a few openly gay male footballers. When we consider that we have no openly gay footballers in the whole of the football league in the men's game, this is this is probably why, to be honest. But club owner Landon Donovan came out and stated that they would not stand for this bigotry and insisted that his team would not go any further in that night's match. This came a week after they forfeited the game against LA Galaxy 2 after a slur alleged racial slur was aimed at one of their players. Now, I, for one, applaud the actions of Donovan, and I'm sure the majority of fans would agree with his sentiments, well, apart from those idiotic keyboard bigots. As for a game that encourages players to be who they want to be, I truly believe the rest of the footballing world can do well to take a leaf out of our book, the women's football book, that is. We don't care what your sexual orientation is, your race, your creed, as long as you put 100% of effort into that badge on your shirt, you're one of us, and that's all we ask. Now, hopefully we don't have to go cover anything like this again, but I don't hold out much hope if I'm being brutally honest. Next, we'll move on to look at that time of the year where the broadcast rights to the WSL are up for auction. Now, currently, BT Sport are the stakeholder for the pay-to-view sector, with BBC holding the rights to the free-to-air games. For the first time in WSL history, the FA have put all the FA-controlled women's football and national team fixtures out for tender for the 2021-22 season and beyond. So, really, this means that the WSL, the Championship, the FA Cup and Lionesses games are all up for grabs to the highest bidder. This news comes after the FA managed to agree a deal to air games in the US with NBC, who are coincidentally owned by Sky's parent company, Comcast. Now, it is to believe that Sky have outbidded their rivals to the rights. However, the official process is yet to be completed. Now, this will be the first time the FA have attempted to monetize the rights for the elite level of the women's game since the inception of the WSL in 2011. So the FA have basically gifted the TV rights to BT Sport and the BBC for free in an attempt to grow the game, but the broadcasters have to cover the right, the cost to produ- produce the shows, which is re- it has really worked. It's been really successful at growing the audience around the game, especially when we take into account that 2 million people tuned in to watch the women's football show on the BBC after the game returned after the long enforced break a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there are, of course, two camps when it comes to the investment in the women's game. So there's Camp A that are more than happy to see money come into the game if this comes hand in hand with more coverage and exposure. Then there's Camp B, where money coming into the game can only mean one thing, and that is a soul being ripped out of the game and losing touch with fundamentals. Now, of course, there's no right or wrong answer when looking at this. And to be honest, your opinion, my opinion your mate's opinion down the road doesn't really matter much in the grand scheme of things when the chips are down because I'm not, I certainly cannot afford the rights to the WSL 
neither can majority of the people listen to this podcast, even if we chipped in. But, in my opinion, money coming into the game can only strengthen the growth we are seeing. Yes, stars are coming in from overseas, and that'll be a byproduct of money coming into the game. More money means more transfers, means bigger fees, means more players coming in from abroad. And in theory, this should lessen the chances of homegrown talent coming in through the ranks. But, let's be honest for a moment, let's get real. The talent's already spilling in this season. Because, to put it shortly, this is the best league in the world. And no wonder Sky wants to jump on our bandwagon. No wonder they want to get involved. They know a good thing when they see it. They're not going to put millions of pounds, tens of millions, hopefully, millions, hundreds of millions, who knows how much they're going to put in. They're not going to put that money into into some tin pot league. That's not worth it. When we look at what they cover already, they cover the NFL, the NBA, they cover the Premier League, they cover the EFL, they cover um, England games, they cover all international football, they cover the F1. It's not it's not their first rodeo, and this this could really boost us up. The homegrown quotas will come in to strengthen the homegrown players in the net, within the side and help retain players in the UK rather than feeling the need to go to colleges and states to further their career. Years, a couple of years ago, we were seeing players go abroad to go and go to college to play, then to go and play in the NWSL, then coming back. We look at the likes of Rachel Daly, who went over to play for Houston Dash at the moment. She's come back to West Ham. Yes, it's on loan, but the way the league's going at the moment, I can see her staying here for longer term. We've got the likes of even Lucy Bronze and Alex Greenwood going over to Leon and then coming back. You're telling me they've just come back because they're a bit homesick? I think they're coming back because, to be honest, they're getting paid. They'll be getting paid a fair packet and they want to win the Champions League in England. And I feel that this is this is only a matter of time, if rather than when. So players... I've all, like I said, they've all seen the need to move to WSL in order to earn their crust, get the money they right deserve. Now, with investment of Sky, wages for our players could see a dramatic increase, helping with the, our standing within the financial market when compared to other leagues, like we said with the European League and the NWSL. Everyone has already been seen this when Sky took the Premiership by the scruff of the neck and ran with it. Players were not earning half as much or a percentage of much as much as they used to do in the 80s when it turned into the 90s. And this increases purely down to the coverage and money coming in from broadcasting rights. Yes, not necessarily just from Sky, but when you look at the Premier League, it's sold to every single nation in the world and it's sold to a different broadcaster. Money, money, money coming in every single time. Yes, the soul of the club may be lost a little, but there are many fans who follow both men's and women's game religiously and they do so because they love the game. Myself, I follow Everton men, Everton women, It's a good time to be an Everton fan. Let's be honest, we'll cover that a bit more later when we look at the results. But to be honest, the soul hasn't been in football like he was in the 80s for 30, 40 years. It's not coming back anytime soon. We need to embrace this now. And yet maybe, maybe this could be very good for the game. Maybe not. Maybe it'll put the game back a bit, but we never know unless we try. Hopefully the BBC are going to continue to offer some of the live coverage to cater to those who don't have a Sky subscription and they continue their fantastic work within the game. I Personally, I can see Sky taking on WSL games um, with Sky uh, hosting a couple. Uh, sorry, BBC hosting a couple as well and BBC keeping the sole rights to the FA Cup. We'll wait and see. The, tr- the date for the closing of the... Um, Rights holding is unknown at the moment, but as soon as we know, check out our Twitter on UKWOWF and we will let you know then. Anyway, moving on. So, on Tuesday, the Matildas finally ended their search for a new head coach after Ante Milic stepped down in July with Tony Gustavsson taking the reins down under. Of course, when I talk about the Matildas, for people who may not be too aware of the... Um, Women's game, Matilda's obviously Australia's national team. Um, so Gustavsson takes over from Milicic as he leaves the position just short of 18 months in the role. After leaving his role as assistant coach to Jill Ellis at the US women's national team, he fell, fills one of the two vacant roles in the FIFA top 10 nations. Currently a coach with 
um, <laughs> Hammerby <laughs> in his native Sweden. There's quite a few uh, pronunciations here that I'm a bit stuck with. One listener of the podcast um, was with me today actually while I was writing up my notes. and We had a very big discussion about how to say one that is coming up very soon. I'll probably get him wrong. If anyone's listening in Sweden, please get in touch and let us know if I've said anything right today. Um, but he takes up the role, the role with the Matildas on the 1st of January 2021, stepping up their preparations for the 2023 World Cup, which is jointly hosted by New Zealand and themselves. Gustafsson has been quoted as saying, I feel my 21 years of coaching have put me in the position to be ready for this. Gustafsson began his coaching career as a player coach for Jethagdal, saying, Sweden, please get in touch, let me know. In 2000, he was named assistant coach of the US women's national team in 2012 and was part of the Olympic gold medal winning squad at the London Games. Later on in 2012, he moved on to um, Tyasov to become the head coach. This is where he won the women's league title in his native Sweden for the first time in the club's history and led them to the Champions League final in 2014 with their star-studded team, including the likes of Marta. His time in Sweden came to an end in 2014, when he returned to the US women's national team in his previous role of assistant head coach, helping guide the team to their World Cup victories in 2015 in Canada and 2019 in France. Now, earlier I said that he filled one of two FIFA Top 10 head coaching roles. Uh, The final position to be filled is the Canada's women's national team manager. This role has been vacant since June 2020, and there seems to be no sign of this changing any time soon. The Canadian women's game is one that really does confuse me. It doesn't take much to confuse me. However, this really does is up there with me. You see the NWSL is huge in America. They've got many, many teams. However, when we look at other sports in the States, shall we say you've got baseball, you have... um, the Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs. Sorry, <laughs> sports game mixed up here. In the Major League Baseball, you have the Toronto Blue Jays. In t- in the NHL, you have the Toronto Maple Leafs. You have the Montreal Canadiens. You have the Ottawa Ottawa team that I cannot remember. Please get in touch if you do. You have many teams in Canada anyway. There. Um, in the NBA, you have the Toronto Raptors. We've got all these teams cross borders in the stateside sports. Why on earth is there not one in Canada then for the NWSL? There's no professional league in Canada either for women's women's football or women's soccer, as I can see. There was mentioning of a low regional league, but it's still not a professional game throughout the whole country. Professional sporting kind of seems to be one of those things that kind of fallen by the wayside. Unless it's ice hockey, which obviously is a massive sport over there, huge, their national sport. However, even when you look at the likes of the Canadian Football League, the American Football League, there's only nine teams. It's very strange. Hopefully, Toronto will get their NWSL team. Uh, please use the hashtag, hashtag NWSL Toronto. Um, the guys over there are doing some really good work trying to get that team, get the exposure out there for that team. Any help that you can give them will be greatly appreciated. However, let's move on to the um, FA Cup semi-finals. So, very tight turnaround. We had the quarterfinals on sun- Saturday, Sunday last week. Now we've got the semi-finals. So the first one was on Wednesday. We had the Battle of Blues. We had Birmingham City hosting Everton. Now, class prevailed in the end, really. Birmingham gave it their all and honestly can hold their heads up high. Fantastic game. This weekend was on BBC Four. Uh, We saw McGill get the first from a Christiansen ball. This was just after Svitka hit the bar. She made that one rattle. Fantastic ball in. Uh, Great goal for McGill. Sorensen got her first goal for Everton with a second at the near post. And then Gavan came off the bench again and did what she does. Netted the third goal. Everton took the game 3-0. Govan got her fourth goal off the bench in four games off the bench. My beloved Toffees are going to Wembley. Just need to get that media pass now and we can be there as well covering it for you every step of the way. Then we move into Tuesday. Um, Sorry, Thursday. 
Thursday, we saw Manchester City taking on Arsenal at the Academy Ground. This game is on BBC Two. Great exposure for the women's game. Fantastic game for the neutrals. We saw Steph Horton with a banger of a free kick, taking the first got first one for um, Man City. Nobs had a stunning strike to level it up. You thought the first one was good against Spurs in the quarterfinal last week. This one is a stunner. Please get on there, YouTube, and go and find it. It's fantastic. And then Mewis got the winner for City in the end. So the final is between Manchester City and Everton at Wembley. This game is on the 1st of November. The game will be on BBC One. Kickoff is around about 5.30 from what I remember. I may be wrong about that one though. Um, obviously behind closed doors as we speak at the moment. Probably will be anyway because it's November time. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great day for women's football in the northwest of England to be honest. Great day for women's football in general. Hopefully we have um, some prime time TV slot on that Sunday where people will be talking into the Sunday dinner, watching that game. I'll be I'll be more having a Sunday dinner with my fingernails. I'll be shooting my fingernails that day as my neutrality will be coming out the window. Obviously, I want Everton to win that one. Now, it was a huge week in the National League. We saw National League kick off on Sunday last week. We went through the results then. And then we had a round of midweek fixtures as well. So we'll start with a National League Premier Division North. On Wednesday, we saw Burnley host Fylde. Now, Burnley had an impressive win on in their first game of the season. However, this was a 2-1 victory for Fylde, which saw Burnley lose their, their winning streak to the season. We then saw Hull City take on Huddersfield. This was the... This was a good win here from Huddersfield, who came from behind to win. Casey Thompson was on the score sheet to make it two goals in two games. Well done, Casey. On Thursday, we saw Derby County take on Stoke City. In a 3-1 game, there was a solid performance for their first win of the season for Derby. The goals came from Formanston, uh, Kariopoulos and Mikalska. Good win there for Derby. And we saw Loughborough Foxes taking on West Brom. Um... A 3-0 defeat for the Foxes there. Good win for West Brom. Um, Sunderland took on Middlesbrough at the Stadium of Light. A cracking North East derby. Sunderland picked up their first win of the season with Neve Heron, Mar- Maria Fergaria and Cara Ramshaw getting onto the score sheet. And finally, in the Northern Conference of the Premier Division, we saw three points going to Forest with four different scorers in a 4-1 scoreline against Sheffield FC. We'll move into the National League Premier South now. On Tuesday, we saw Gillingham host Crawley Wasps. Crawley Wasps bounced back from their first defeat against um, NK Dons in the first week to take the victory 2-1 at the Kent side. On Wednesday, we saw Chichester and Selsey host Portsmouth. That was a 2-1 win for Chichester. Um, NK Dons took on Oxford United after um, picking up a great win against Crawley Wasps. They then uh, were lucky in defeat against Oxford United in a 3-1 victory for the Oxford side. And then finally we saw Watford take on Hounslow in a thumping 6-0 victory to maintain their 100% record. Thursday should have seen Cardiff City face... um, Cainsham Town, however, because of COVID and Cainsham Town not feeling it was safe to travel to the Welsh capital, uh, the game was postponed. This is going to be a a um, regular thing, I think, coming up soon. There's quite a lot of postponements actually coming up. Um, next, we'll move into the National League Division 1 North. On Tuesday, we saw Norton and Stockton Ancients taking on Durham Sestria. Um, Durham Sestria took, took the win in a 2-1 victory. Bradford City versus Leeds United was postponed. Chester the Street Town took on Newcastle United in Newcastle's first game of the season. Um, in a game that finished 3 2 to Chester the Street Town. We saw Barnsley take on Briars Town, which was on Tuesday instead of Wednesday this week. Um, Briars Town out 3 0 winners against Barnsley. We saw Bolton Ladies versus Chorley be postponed. And Stockport County nil, Liverpool Feds 2. Next, we're moving to the National League, Division 1 Midlands. We saw the Baltimore St. Michaels versus Bedworth United game postponed. Lincoln City 5, Doncaster Rover Bells 0. Solihull Moors 3, Leafield Athletic 1. And then on Wednesday, we saw Longington United 5, 
Holwell Sports 2. And Sporting Carlson nil, Wolves 5. Wolves are looking on fire at the moment in that division. Won't be too long until we see them in the Championship, I think, in a couple of seasons. Anyway, moving into the National League Division 1 South East. On Tuesday, we saw the ding-dong Cambridge derby. City versus United. In a three-all game, it was a tight Cambridge derby. Seems like a fantastic game, one for the, if you, any neutrals were there. Seems like a definite game for a neutral there, three-all that one. We saw Stevenage, nil. Enfield Town, three. Good win for Enfield there. Wednesday, we saw AFC Wimbledon take on Kent Football United in a two-all draw. And then Billericay Town took on Hashtag United in the Essex derby. Really tight game there. Hashtag United running out very narrow winners in a 4-3 victory for the away team. And finally, in the in midweek games, we saw National League Division 1 Southwest. Tuesday, we had Maidenhead United versus Chesham United. Chesham taking that game 3-2. On Wednesday, we saw the Southampton derby with Southampton Women's taking on Southampton FC. With Southampton FC running riot and scored winning 6-0. Then on Thursday, we saw Brislington take on Lark Hall Athletic. This is the first win for Lark Hall. Um, very spirited um, comeback after they weathered the storm. Um, Lark Hall took the game 6-3. We had Buckland Athletic 1, Exeter City 6. Um, when the game was at 4-1 four, uh, four to Exeter, we saw a huge, really long break in play. Nasty injury to Hannah Bennett of Buckland Athletic. And the ambulance came onto the pitch. Um, but the game carried on the end. It ended up 6-1. Um, yeah, we'd like to send all of our thoughts to Hannah Bennett. Um, obviously, if you're listening, Hannah, get in touch. Let's know you're listening. Um Exeter were one nil, one play, one down, but led to an emphatic performance. Yeah, really. To be fair, the injury took away from the game. Anyway, in our final game, we saw Swindon Town taking on Cheltenham Town. It's a frantic game, which finished up three two to the home team. Swindon two, sorry, in the three, Cheltenham Town two. Now we move away from the midweek fixtures into the return of the WSL. Um. Really have missed it in the last couple of weeks, but it is back. On Saturday, we saw Aston Villa taking on Everton. We saw friend of very good friend of the pod, Nat Haig, captaining Aston Villa in this game. Um, honestly, it was a long day at the office for Villa. Everton were 4-0 up by half-time. We saw Hayley Russo and uh, Claire M- Emsil both scored twice, as Everton, quite frankly, took Villa to the cleaners. Um... Rasso opened up scoring from a close-range shot in the first half uh, before pounce on an error from Lisa Weiss to make it 2-0. Um, Hill curled in the third from 20 yards out before Govine um, gave Everton the fourth from a diving header before half-time. Um, Chantel Boyle-Hawkers cross then settled in after the restart and MCL added the sixth as Everton took top space. And to be honest, they're looking very good value for their money at the moment, Everton. Um, I'm not just saying that, obviously, because I'm a fan. They really are looking like the surprise package of the season. Earlier in the season, we tipped them to potentially break into that top four, maybe and get third. But to be honest, they're looking very good. Very good indeed. Good time to be an Everton fan, as I said. Um, FA Cup finalist, top of the, well, joint top of the league at the moment. Very good indeed. Then we move into Sunday. We saw Manchester United taking on Brighton again. It was on MUFC TV. If you have subscriptions to that one, um, an earlier penalty from Toon scored saw them go one nil up, and we saw second half goals from Russo and Ross to um, give United the win. Uh, Press and Heath both played in this game. Um, yeah, comprehensive win from United, really. Um, showing their dominance, showing that actually, again, like Everton, that they anything they can do, they can keep up with. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really tight running coming in into the thick of the season. Uh, we saw Manchester City taking on Spurs on BBC Two, the red uh, BBC Red Button, sorry. 
Um, no Morgan at all in this game. So the Alex Morgan press conference that happened on Friday. She wasn't even in the squad. Didn't even travel to Manchester by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, Alex Morgan. She's she is a very good player. Obviously, um, we're not we're not silly. She's a very good player. But um, is the hype all it's very tough to believe? I get the feeling that Spurs, as a club, have just signed two world class players for the column articles for the uh, column inches. Sorry. In both the men's and women's team, but hopefully Morgan will get to play at some point. Probably Conti Cup game in the week, maybe she can be blooded into that. I know she's not played for a long time, but come on now, we need to see, we need to keep up the interest and see her in the Spurs shirt and see her kick a ball, really. So a first half goal from Kelly, um, doubled up early in the second half. Then Sam Lewis um, added a third with Alan White grabbing the fourth. There was a late Philby goal. For Spurs, but to no avail, really. Um, Spurs want to a loser for this one anyway. Two heavy defeats within a week. They need to regroup, really, in the Conti Cup and uh, move on. Then we saw Arsenal take on Bristol City. Harrison put Bristol 1-0 up in the sixth minute to the surprise of every single fan in the league, even Bristol City fans, after the performances recently. Nobbs then levelled the scoring for half-time with a great strike from the edge of the box. That is three in three games now for Nobbs. She is on fire. We have Ford give Arsenal the lead five minutes into the second half with Miedemar netting in the 86th minute to secure the win. We then saw Chelsea travel to Birmingham City in a 1-0 win. There was a warrior-like performance from Birmingham. They were unlucky not to get anything out of the game, really. Chelsea got lucky coming away from the win here. Frank Kirby headed in on the eighth minute, and that was enough to gain the three points, really. Birmingham knocking on that door the whole time. And similar to the game in the week, they were just a bit unlucky, really, to um, not get anything out of the game. And our final game in the WSL this week saw West Ham United taking on Reading at the Chigwell Construction Construction Stadium. It was a hard-fought game with Lauren Burton's first-half goal, close-range first-half goal, being enough to take three points back to Berkshire. West Ham... Are looking to be in trouble, really. Um, they got the point against Spurs in the first week. They got a obviously they they got their themselves handed to themselves. Really, I had to think of a way to say that without um mentions on expletive words. Um, they got the backside handed them really against Arsenal in that nine nine one defeat, and then a defeat against Reading in the game where they really should have been eyeing up three points here. Um especially with the way Birmingham have played in their game. And even even Bristol City getting that goal against um, Arsenal, it just opens up the bottom of that table. So, yes, the table's splitting into two, really. But it just makes for some great encounters, especially when the likes of West Ham will play Bristol or Birmingham play Reading or Spurs take on Birmingham or Spurs take on Brighton. There's a huge game there. But, unfortunately, I can't... I really want Villa to to regroup. I really want to use the time in the Conti Cup just to get a good win. Get a win on the belts and try and get some men- momentum. Hopefully we can see that coming. Now we'll move into the Championship. Um, here's where we see our first game postponed by Storm Alex. Um, he's really run riot this week on the fixtures. Uh, we saw Charlton Athletic versus Sheffield United postponed. Like a, 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 all these games will be rearranged at a later date. We don't have any idea when they are yet. <coughs> then the first game that we actually had any action in, we saw Coventry United taking on Liverpool. The Vistas were two 0 up with goals from um, Thestrup and Lawley in the first half before an Anderson goal pulled one back in the seventy-first minute. But Liverpool held on to secure their third win out of three this season. Next we see all Leicester City taking on Durham. There's a last gasp equaliser from Lachette Paul to ensure a draw for the home team in a spirit of two all performance. Durham were looking not to get the win there to be honest. Um we saw London B taking on Crystal Palace in a London derby which was on um the FA player. We saw two quite frankly stunning free kicks from Palace to go 2-0 up. So the first from Wilson. And then we saw the second stunning free kick from Coral Haynes. 
to put them 2 0 up. Goals from Bianca Baptiste and Mel Phyllis, Phyllis sorry, grabbed the four goals. Oh, sorry, I'll repeat that. Goals from Bianca Baptiste and Coral Waynes again put um, Palace 4 0 up, with Mel Phyllis grabbing the consolation goal back for the Bees. We then saw London City Lionesses take on Lewis. A first half penalty from Leek was enough for the visitors to take all three points. We'll go through all the league tables later on in the pod. Um, now we're moving to the National League, Premier North. Um, all these games are on Sunday again. We saw Fylde taking on Hull City. Fylde has now gone for three wins in three games. Now, considering this club was extinct and didn't have a team at all, this is an incredible journey. They took the victory 4-2 against the Tigers. We then saw Huddersfield Town take on, on Sunderland. This is the first clean sheet of the season for Huddersfield in a 3-0 victory. We saw two goals from Katie Nutter and Elford grabbing the third with Nutter grabbing the assist on that goal. Fantastic game there for Katie Nutter. Um, <clears throat> Middlesbrough took on Burnley. It's been a tough week at the office for Burnley. Two defeats in two in the last two games. Um, yeah, they Middlesbrough went on and took the victory 2-1. We then saw Sheffield FC taking on Loughborough Foxes. Um, yeah, Loughborough—they've not—they've not put in the best performances of yet. We saw um, Brooke Marsden grabbing the third goal for Sheffield FC before after Gina Canfield got a brace, and we saw Ella Ritchie grabbing a consolation goal for Loughborough Foxes. In a very close game here with Stoke versus North Nottingham Forest. Uh, Stoke pushed for the equaliser until the final whistle. However, Nottingham Forest ran out three-two winners against Stoke there. And finally, we saw West Brom taking on Derby County. Fantastic day at the office for Derby County. Um, yep, so they finished up 4-2 winners against West Brom. We saw goals from Dogmore and Nyman for West Brom. They made it 3-2, but goals from Mikalsa, um Karepis and the winner from Anderson with an own goal thrown into the mix as well, took that game for Derby. Moving into National League Premier South, Cardiff City versus Portsmouth was postponed. Again, that was because of COVID. That was postponed a few days ago. Um, Gillingham took on Watford in a 3-2 win for Watford. Great display by the home team. Could have grabbed grabbed the win, but a solid performance from the Hornets. Um, Charles put Gillingham up early, but uh, a Fatigadada... Goal levelled up two minutes later. Later on, Beckett and Wiltshire added before half-time, with Griffin earning a second for Gillingham. Came from town, they took on Yeovil United. In an early, great uh, game in early kickoff. Yeovil doing enough to take the win, 3-2. MK Dons were 3-0 up at half-time, with goals from Chez Albert and a brace from Jade Bell, before v- Vicky Barrett nodded in a fourth in a 4-0 win against Hounslow, Lot of goals conceded by Hounslow in the last week. Um, we saw Oxford United taking on Crawley Wasps. Um, Oxford United were at 3 1 winners in that game. The first half was summed up in two, a two minute interval with quick goals that saw the teams go in at 1 all. Uh, Beavers put, uh, put, put, put a goal in from the back post to uh, go 2 1 up. And then Hayes bagged for Oxford United. See them claim the three points. Now, Plymouth Argyle then took on Chichester and Chelsea. Uh, Chichester won the game. However, I'm not seeing a scoreline as of yet. Next, we're moving to the National League Division 1 North. We saw Town versus Bolton Ladies postponed as Bolton were unable to fulfil the tie. They couldn't feel the team. We saw Chorley versus Stockport postponed. Durham Sestria versus Bradford City postponed. Leeds United versus Chester in the Street Town was a nil-nil draw and a solid battle there. We saw Liverpool Feds versus Barnsley postponed. And finally, Newcastle United taking on Norton and Stotts and Asians. Now, one would forgive me for saying this was postponed, as Newcastle have had a lot of postponements lately. However, they did get this game ahead. It was a 1-0 victory for the Geordie side with a stunning goal from Georgia Gibson that took the win for them. Go and check out our Twitter, UK 
WOWF. We retweeted this. It was a fantastic goal. Um, on par with the Abbey Dell goal from um, Millwall Lionesses last week. We do like to try and get these goals out there from the lower leagues because obviously the, the coverage isn't there. Um, we do like to tweet them out there if we see some great goals that we'd like to see. Um, we'll get them out there. So tag us in any goals that you have and we'll put them out there to get the coverage out there as well. Um, National League Division 1 Midlands now. Sunday, we took uh, Bedworth United taking on Long Eaton United. A narrow win for Bedworth with a first-half goal taking taking all for the hosts in a 1-0 win. Baldwin St. Michael's versus Lincoln City. There's no result for that one at the moment. Whole World Sports took on Donny, Doncaster over Bells. The Bells took control in the first half, never looked back, really. Um, <clears throat> they took the victory for 3-0. We saw Leafield Athletic versus Sporting Calsa and Wemtown versus Solihull Morse postponed. And then we saw Wolves taking on Burton in a huge win with Wolves taking the game 9-0. We saw four goals from Jade Cross, two goals from Lauren Riley and a goal each for good measure for Tammy George, Laurie Walker and Alicia Miller. Wolves, are, as I said before, they are high-scoring, high-octane team that everyone's really enjoying seeing the results for at the moment doing really well well done Wolves now we're moving to the National League Division 1 South East we saw there's only a couple of games this one as well so Actonians taking on Enfield Actonians carried on their unbeaten start with a 0-0 draw there Cambridge United versus Billericay postponed Hashtag United versus Norwich City postponed this was the game that we were actually trying to cover for you on the Word of Women's Football podcast um, Hashtag were very um Kind in offering us time to go over there to cover the game. However, obviously it was postponed because of the heavy weather. We do hope to get there soon. Um, we then saw Ipswich Town taking on Cambridge City. There's a late, very late change of venue uh, because of the weather, uh, waterlogged pitches, and so on and so forth. But this wasn't enough to stop those tractor girls. Allen and Gray netted with Peak getting a brace as well in a 4 0 win against Cambridge City. We saw Kent, Kent Football United taking on Stevenage. Two first-half goals will take all three points for Kent in a 2-0 win. And we saw Leighton Orient versus ASC Wimbledon postponed as well. This was another game we were trying to cover. Seems like we were cursed this week in trying to cover games. Then we move into, finally, and finally in our um, National League roundup, we see National League Division 1 Southwest. Chesham United 7, Brislington 0. A huge win for Chesham, taking on to 9 points. X City 1, Southampton Women's 1. Tight game with Exeter coming from behind to steal the draw. So Lark Hill Athletic, Lark Hall Athletic 3, Cheltenham Town 3. Lark Hall came from 3-1 down to earn the draw. Two games unbeaten for caretaker manual, manager Daniel Beza there. Maidenhead United versus Swindon Town was postponed. And Pool Town 0, Buckland Athletic 4. Big performance from Buckland getting, the first, getting three goals in the first half to secure the game. Now, if we have a little look at the tables, we'll start with the WSL. We start at the top place. We have Everton in... Oh, nope. We'll start again. In the WSL, we have Arsenal in first place on nine points and Everton in first place on nine points. They're separated by goal difference. Um, goal difference of four, obviously, which considering that Arsenal had a eight nil, a six one, and a nine one victory in there, not bad going by the Everton sides. And taking up that final Champions League place at the moment, we have Chelsea women on seventh place. We have Manchester United in fourth, and Manchester City on fifth, both on seven seven points as well. Then we move into sixth with Reading on six points, Brighton on seven uh, in seventh place with four points. Tottenham and West Ham are in 8th and ninth, respectively, both of a point. And we have Birmingham, Aston Villa and Bristol City all sitting in 10th, 11th, 12th, respectively, with no points to their names. We then move into the Championship. And we see that um, Liverpool are top at the moment with 10 points. And we have Durham in second place with eight points. We have Sheffield United in third on seven points. However, they have a game in hand. We then have Lewis on six points. Um, Leicester City in fifth place on five points. Crystal Palace in sixth place with five points as well. 
Charlton Athletic in seventh place with four points. Then we have Coventry United on three points with Blackburn Ladies, Blackburn Ladies on three points as well, but in eighth and ninth respectively. Then we have London City Lionesses in tenth place with one point, and London Bees propping up the table with no points to their names. We then move into the National League. We have we're going to run from first to um, 12th place. We have Fylde, Nottingham Forest, West Brom, Huddersfield Town, Derby County, Burnley, Hull, Stoke, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Sheffield FC. And in bottom place, we have Loughborough Foxes. In the Southern Premier Division, we have Watford in first on 12 points. Oxford in second place in nine points. Yeovil United in third place on seven points. Then we have in fourth, fifth and sixth respectively. We have Crawley, Wasps, Chichester and Chelsea and MK Dons all on six points. Portsmouth are in fourth place. Uh, sorry, Portsmouth are in seventh place with four points. Then we have Cardiff who are in eighth place on three points. Which is pretty amazing considering they have only played one game. So they could, they have got three games in hand so they could potentially go up to first when their games are played. We then have Canesham Town in ninth place on three points. We have Gillingham in tenth place with three points. And Plymouth and Hounslow are both um, in eleventh and twelfth respectively with no points to their names. Then we move into Division 1 North. We see Chester Street on eight points. Briars Town on six points. Leeds United on four points, Norton and Stockton on four points, Barnsley on three points, Liverpool Feds on three points, Chorley on three points, again they've only played one game, um, Newcastle United on three points, Stockport County on three points, Durham Sestry on three points, and Bradford and Bolton are both to pick up a point yet in 11 and 12 respectively. Moving to Division 1 Midlands, we see Wolves with 12 points, who don't look like they're going to be beaten anytime soon. Lincoln City on seven points. Doncaster Rover Bells on seven points. Solihull Moors on six points. Sporting Calsa on six points. Long Eaton United on six four points. <coughs> Wem Town on three points. Bedworth United on three points. Howell Sports on three points. Boldmere St Michaels on one point. And Leafield Athletic with Burton Albion both bottom of the table uh, with no points. We then see Ipswich Town in the Division 1 South East. We see Ipswich Town on 9 points. AFC Wimbledon, Actonians and Enfield all on 7 points. We see Hashtag United on 6 points. Kent Football United on 5 points. Cambridge United on 4 points. Billericay Town on 3 points. Norwich City on 3 points. Uh, Leighton Orient and Cambridge City on 1 point each. And then Stevenage on no points at the bottom. And finally, we have Southampton FC on nine points with Chesham United on nine points in the Division One Southwest. Exeter City have seven points. Swindon Town and Buckland Athletic are both on six. Larkhill Athletic are on five. Cheltenham Town are on four. Maidenhead United and Southampton Women are on one each. And Brisbane and Poole Town are yet to pick up a point. We then move into the FA Cup. First round qualifying. So that was happening this weekend. We saw lots and lots of games. We're just going to run through, basically run through the score lines here, as many as we have available to us now. So we start with Penrith FC, AFC Ladies 1, South Shields 2, FC United of Manchester 4, Wakefield Trinity FC 1, Fleetwood Town Wrens 1, AFC Darwin 1, Fleetwood Town LFC 1, 5-4 on penalty kicks. Uh, Bryhouse Sports 2. Blythe Town 3. Hull City. Hull United Ladies 1. Sunderland West, United, West End 2. Farsley Celtic Junior Ladies versus Warrington Wolves. Um, which sound horrible pitch by the looks of it from what I saw on Twitter. Um, Morecambe 5. Workington Reds 2. Blackburn Community Sports Club versus Alnwick Town is postponed. Walster Boys Club LFC 2, York City 1, Spennymoor Town Ladies 3, Withenshaw Amateurs 3, Spennymoor took the win for free on penalties. Red Car Town 0, 
Osset Town, Osset United, 4. Ripon City Ladies, 1. Merseyrail, 4. Sutton Caulfield Town, 1. Lincoln United, 0. Lincoln Moorlands Railway, 2. Bowman Park, 3. Oldby and Wigston, 5. Rice Park, 2. Crusaders, 4. Crookley Sports, 0. Tamworth, 1. Dron- Dronefield Town, 2. Leicester City, 0. Grimsby Town, 9. Sheffield Wednesday, 1. Northwich Vixens, 1. Northwich took the penalty win, 5-4. Crew Alexandra, 1. Coventry Sphinx, 4. Knoll, 0. Stourbridge FC, 6. Redditch United, 4. Sherwood FC, ladies, 0. Neverton United, 4. Lee Ramblers, Netherton United 5, Lee Ramblers 4. Northampton Town 0, St Ives 1. Royston Town versus Brett Vale was postponed. Peter, Peterborough Northern Star 10, Southend United 0. Luton versus Roxham was postponed. AFC Southbury 3, Newmarket Town 3. Newmarket took the penalty win on 4 2. Ascot United 0, Denham United 3. Moneyfields FC Ladies versus uh, AC Bournemouth was postponed. Lansing 1-0, Dorwich Hamlet 1. Watford Ladies Development postponed against Ashford Ladies. Um, Eastbourne Town 2, Tilehurst Panthers 0. Badshot Lee versus Salt Dean United postponed. Comets Wickham Wanderers postponed. Worthing Sotona United postponed. Um, Woking 1, Abingdon United 2. Regents Park Rangers versus New London Lionesses postponed. Fulham FC 5, Woodley United 0. Callington Town, Ilminster Town postponed. Bristol Rovers 1, AEK Bocco 1. AEK Bocco took the... Um, Win 4-3 on penalties. Torquay, nil. Portishead Town, 12. Fantastic win there. Um, Sherville Town um, versus Oldland Abtonians postponed. Um, Marine Academy Plymouth versus Hellston Athletic postponed. Middle Zoya Rovers versus AFC Stoneham postponed. Dartford, 7. Winchester City, 1. Bowers and Pitsy, nil. Harlow Town 1, Dorking Wanderers 1, Ashford Town 7. That's from the Middlesex Ashford Town there. Great FA Cup games there. They'll then move into the next round. The draw is unknown at the moment. I don't, I'm not seeing when the draw is to be made. Um, National League teams should be entering the draw there as well. So that'll be really good to see. Um, one of the final games we'll look at this week before we do our previews. Um, Charlton under-23s took on Canesham Town Development. Uh, they went on to win the game 2-1 away to Canesham. That was Anthony Dwayne Murray. Got in touch with us in on Twitter there. Um, big shout-out to Anthony there and all the girls. Um, well done. Good win there. They've been playing really well, actually. Hopefully, they can keep it up and break into that first team at Charlton very soon. Now we'll move into our predictions. So, predictions slash um, fixture um, fixture list, really. So, this week we start the Conti Cup. So, the Conti Cup is really can be seen as development competition for the majority of teams. Um, some of these teams will put our full strength team to try and get that win. We'll move on. So, Group A on Wednesday, we see Villa taking on Sheffield United and Durham taking on Coventry United. I can see Villa putting out a full-strength team here to get a win, try and get some momentum. Group B, we've got Wednesday, Spurs taking on London City Lionesses at half three. Great kick-off time there. And then Chelsea taking on Arsenal. I can see Spurs putting out another full-strength team there to get some momentum. Wednesday, we see another great kick-off time, which is Liverpool versus Man United at two o'clock. Um, that game is on LFC TV and MUFC TV if you have subscriptions to those. 
And then we see Man City taking on Everton in a potential dress rehearsal for the FA Cup final. In Group D, we see on Wednesday, Brighton taking on West Ham and Reading taking on Charlton Athletic. Another game where Reading may play out a full time team, may rest a few players, who really knows. Um, the only game Group E on Thursday is Blackburn Rovers taking on Birmingham City. Um, and then uh, Group F, we see Bristol City taking on London Bees and Lewis taking on Palace. Then we move into the WSL. So on Saturday, we see Spurs taking on Manchester United. Alex Morgan potentially making her debut there. Who knows? Maybe she'll come out of get out of that snood. We never know. Um, see United taking a win here. Big win for United. 3-0 possibly. Uh, then Sunday, we see Brighton taking on Arsenal. Arsenal want to bounce back from their relatively poor performances lately. Um, a big win on the cards as well. I can see if I'd, if the Brighton that turns up to play Man City turns up, then it could be a very close game. The poll depends how Brighton play. Really, Arsenal win there. Then we see Everton versus West Ham. Um, big Everton win again. I can see a three-nil win potentially for Everton against West Ham here to maintain that hundred percent record. Then we see Reading versus Birmingham City. Very tight game. We have Bristol City taking on Villa again, which is very tight. Two great games. Get them on the FA player. There'll be some fantastic games to watch. Um, could really um, put the cat amongst the pigeons in the relegation battle down there. And finally, we see Chelsea taking on Man City, which is a fantastic game as well. Um, I see a City win, personally. Chelsea have not really come back from lockdown yet. They're still a bit rusty. Um yeah, Chelsea win. Sorry, Chelsea defeat. Man City win for that one. Then we see in the Championship on Sunday, we see Durham taking on Palace. Durham win there for me. Lewis taking on Blackburn. Another home win there, Lewis. And then we see Coventry United taking on Sheffield United. Oh, tough one to call. Possibly a draw there. We see Leicester City taking on Liverpool. Fortunately, I've got to call Liverpool for that one. And then we see London City Lionesses taking on London Bees. Um, bottom of the table clash that one a real six points already only three games in um, Bees could pick up their first win first points of the season here could see a draw score draw I predict next we see the Northern Premier Division North which is going to run through the fixtures here all these games are being played on Sunday weather permitting of course Covid permitting of course we see Burnley taking on Hull City Middlesbrough taking on Huddersfield Town Nottingham Forest versus Loughborough Foxes, Sheffield FC versus Derby County, West Brom versus Stoke, and then the South Division we see Chichester and Chelsea versus Canesham Town, Crawley Wasps versus Watford, Hounslow versus Oxford United, NK Dons versus Gillingham, Portsmouth versus Carlisle at uh, Plymouth Argyle, and Yeovil United take on Cardiff City. In the North, National League Division One North, we see. Bolton ladies taking on Liverpool Feds. Hopefully they can get a team together for that game. Then we see Bradford City taking on Norton and Stockton Ancients. Chester Street Town taking on Durham Sestria. Chorley Athletic. Chorley versus Bryhouse Town. Leeds United versus Newcastle United. And Stockport County versus Barnsley. Moving to the Midlands, we see Bedworth FC. Bedworth United versus Lincoln City. Burton Albion versus Leafield Athletic. Doncaster Rover Bells versus Long Eaton United. Holwell Sports versus Boldmere St. Michael's. Solihull Moors versus Sporting Kelsa. Wemtown versus Wolves. Southeast. AFC Wimbledon versus Actonians. Billericay versus Norwich City. Cambridge City versus Hashtag United. Enfield Town versus Kent Football United. Ipswich Town versus Cambridge United. And Stevenage versus Leighton Orient. Southwest. Brislington versus Swindon Town. Cheltenham Town versus Maidenhead United, Lark Hall Athletic versus Chesham United, Southampton FC versus Exeter City, and Southampton Women's versus Pool Town. And that just about wraps up this hour-long podcast. I'm sorry for keeping you so long, but there is just so much to talk about in this fantastic game of women's football. Once again, please pass the pod on to your friends. Let's get that pod passing rate up to. One to two, maybe one to three. Who knows? Pass it on to everyone you know. Um, follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Word on Women's Football Podcast. We're on Twitter at UKWOWF. We're on 
um, Instagram at Word of Women's Football Pod. Um, yeah, let's get behind this game. It really is. It's going to explode at some point. I feel it. Um, let's spread the word. The word on women's football. <laughs>